Welcome to the Azure Podcast, a weekly podcast to keep you up to date on what's new on our cloud platform, Microsoft Azure. Your hosts, Cynthia Crane, Evan Basilic, Suji DeMello, Kendall Roden, Kel Teeter, and Russell Young discuss a different service or solution on each show with subject matter experts to explain how to get started, how different services work, and how to make decisions in tricky scenarios. You can find out more about our podcast at azpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Well, welcome back to the Azure Podcast. This is episode number 432 being recorded on the 28th of July, 2022. Today, we have Kale and myself uh, who are going to talk about uh, an interesting service in Azure, which uh, I think hasn't gotten a lot of coverage. Uh, but before that, uh, let's uh, see if Kale has anything in terms of news. Kale? Yeah, I got a few things here. So one of them is around AI. We've talked a lot about different ML and AI services in Azure on the podcast before. And uh, there's some more nice little blog posts written up here about um, some integration with the DeepSpeed team. Um, so as you know, there's, as I mentioned, there's a few different like kind of services and offerings that help folks who are developing in the AI space and machine learning space on Azure, uh, leveraging, you know, obviously the hardware components such as our GPUs and FPGAs and things like that. But this is also like when you start building stuff like that, obviously you need like these training pipelines and training models and things like that that you need. And DeepSpeed um, is a group who has a lot of that stuff. And so like there's some integration there now to basically provide like very simple to use like training pipelines for like Azure ML and things like that to get started with uh, your different kind of AI workloads that are up there. Um, so basically, and it also increases some of the speed around like what they're doing in this space, what deep speed has been uh, working on in this space. So the link to the blog post, it gets into some of the technical details around the, the speed gains and things like that of these different models and how these things are much faster. And also a link to the deep speed site um, that has a lot of these kind of uh, models and things up there that you can peruse and uh, integrate it into Azure. The second one is um, around cost details. I bring this up from time to time because it's always on our blog about, uh, for, especially for enterprise customers, um, there's now a, it's generally available, the cost details API, and this is for EA and MCA customers. So this provides kind of like granular level cost details to what's going on in not just Azure, but also Microsoft 365, Dynamics, you know, Power Platform, those things. So all of those kind of enveloped together and basically give you a way to kind of you know, view these like granular cost details as well as like export them. Um, all kinds of cool stuff there that you probably large enterprises want to integrate in to maybe get a sense for where they're spending their money in the Microsoft Cloud. And the last uh, one I had. Was, sorry, Kate, I just wanted to clarify yeah. for our listeners. So EA is Enterprise Agreement customer, right? These are typically big customers. And uh, MCA is Microsoft Customer Agreement customers, which I th- believe are like small and medium business. Is that how it is? Uh, I forget how the distinction yeah. is. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that acronym no again. <laughs> I had to look it up myself. I forgot what they meant. <laughs> yeah. And then the last one, um, we kind of missed this back in the Inspire stuff. Uh, we just had a conference uh, just recently. And one of the announcements was close to home to me was uh, talking about ACL. I don't know that we've like deep dived on this on a podcast. Maybe we should in the future. Uh, ACL stands for Azure Confidential Ledger. Um, so we have a technology called another acronym, CCF, uh, which is Confidential Consortium Framework. 
think of it like a digital ledger that uses enclave technology, like um, SGX processors that we have. Um, so if you're familiar with our Azure Confidential Computing nodes, those have SGX processors in them. And these are used to basically safeguard the transactions, like the execution of code that's happening in these things. And what's happening with ACL is it allows you to basically um, use that service to tag in and get access to those uh, a ledger behind that. So that went GA uh, in Inspire time. So that's a pretty big milestone for for that group. I wanted to mention that one as well. Yeah, I'm wondering how you missed that one before, Kale. Uh, that's right down your alley. Yeah, uh, that's great. Thank you for for those updates. Um, so uh, let's get you know to our uh, discussion item today, which is a service called the App Config service in Azure. Uh, I, I don't think uh, it, it's too much of a secret as to what App Config service uh, does, but uh, let me explain uh, a little bit about the rationale uh, for it and how we can best leverage it. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest with you, as a developer, uh, I'm just surprised uh, I didn't find the service earlier. I mean, if you're a developer on the cloud, uh, for sure you need to look into the service. And so uh, let's uh, just see what it has to offer. Uh, so as you know, you know uh, when we write apps, uh, Kale, uh, we there's always some sort of configuration you have to provide to it, right? I think as part of the best practices, you want to externalize everything from your application as much as possible so that it can be controlled, configured externally. Of course, uh, in traditionally, if you look at a simple app uh, uh, app service uh, like a web app or something of that nature, we've always had the feature where you you know you could go to the portal and set some configuration for your application. You can do that with functions. You can do that with the number of services that uh, Azure offers. And when you set those values, they're typically uh, you know permeated to the application, uh, sometimes in the form of environment variables, uh, and sometimes uh, through a configuration file of sort. But the application code can read that those configuration values at all times. And that's great. That's the way that you want to do it, right? Of course, if you have something that's uh, sensitive in nature, you don't want to do it that way. Uh, you want to store it into something like Key Vault and then somehow tie in the configuration to Key Vault. Again, those are all uh, normal best practices which we've all been doing. The problem is that if you're uh, even a small or a medium company, and definitely if you're a large company, you're going to have a lot of applications out there, right? And uh, all those applications typically will share the same similar types of configuration. If you use the technique that we just talked about, each and every app now has to have those settings configured Right, uh, each and every uh, application in the cloud, and of course, you know you have to make sure that they are all consistent. They are all pointing to the, to the same value, that they are secure. There's no, there's no uh, secrets being leaked, uh, so on and so forth. So that can get uh, pretty complex uh, if you have uh, even a small number of applications, not to mention large ones. And then further, if you're a big enterprise, just being able to understand at one place. You know what are my uh, all my configuration values, right? What what sort of config values do my apps have? If I make a change to a database, how many applications do I need to go and inform about this change in database, or if I had to change a connection string of some sort? So these are all problems that you know we have all dealt with from an app as an application developers over the years, uh, and now uh, we have something like the app config service, which helps uh, to uh, uh, in the uh, solve these problems. So what app config service is? It's a service hosted in Azure. 
uh, you know, it uses the very simple connection string, or maybe you can even use manage identity to connect to it. Uh, but essentially, your configuration is stored in Azure in a in a secure place. Okay. Now, configuration is always thought of as two types: sensitive and non-sensitive. So the you would say that the non-sensitive parts you can just go to the uh, app config service and you can just add them there. Right? There's a little editor, and you can it's something called the configuration explorer. You go in there and add those values. Sounds good. Uh, what happens if you have sensitive items like passwords and connection strings? Those you can uh, still put in app config, but app config is pointed to a key vault on the back end, right? So it's like a pass through to get to key vault. From your perspective, you're still talking to app config, but app config will then uh, delegate some of those most sensitive items to a key vault on the back. So this way, we're kind of getting the best of both worlds, right? We're getting the convenience of having everything in one place, yet the security of getting the sensitive items from uh, uh, from something like key vault. So that is like, you know, at its very crux, that is what uh, the app config service uh, offers us. Now, the question is obvious is like, hey, I'm an application developer. How do I reference those app config values, right? Obviously, we have to have a way to to to, to connect to them. And uh, or, so what Microsoft has done along with the services, they have made available a large number of SDKs for various programming languages to make it easy to integrate uh, the app config service in your uh, in your application. Most applications, let's say .NET Core, I'm picking on that because I'm familiar with it, but I think Java Spring Boot and others also have similar uh, easy to use features. It, it uses the existing configuration system that those uh, frameworks provide and extends them to be able to connect to app config service. So uh, for example, in .NET Core, you know, we have the usual I configuration object where we can go in and read settings from our, from our config files today. Uh, by just adding uh, some uh, using statements and uh, you know attaching a service uh, in the in the startup of the application, it automatically will talk to your app config service now to get those same configuration values. Right, the application can still remain the same. I need config blah. It's going to get blah from the uh, uh, from your app config service. If blah happens to be a sensitive time, a sensitive item, it's going to get further reach out to the key wall to get it. So again, this is kind of you know nicely abstracted away. From um, from you, yep. Yeah, a couple of questions there. So one is, if I can use, and I did a little looking into this myself too. If I could use Key Vault secrets to store stuff, let's say it's not even like super sensitive, but pretty much anything I put in my configuration, I'm a little bit paranoid about. Like I don't want to leak some of it. it might not all be passwords, but it it could be other stuff that's relatively sensitive. Why wouldn't I just use Key Vault to do it? Is there like a limitate like when I store stuff in this, can I store like different data structures as opposed to like a simple string that I store in Kiva? Like what's the benefit, I guess? Well, that's a good question. Uh, and uh, at least from, you know, the ty types of information you can store in there, it's very similar to what you can store in AppConfig, right? It's basically just string. You can provide some content type information if you want to, but they could be strings, I think 10K or whatever uh, is the max size uh, typically. Uh, but you know, like I said, when you're dealing with even a medium or a large number of uh, configuration items, there are other th features that you need, uh, which uh, Keyball does not offer. Two of them, or I would say three of them specifically, I will call out. One is there is no way to easily create a hierarchy of uh, 
uh, of configuration items like uh, most companies need, right? So if you think about a hierarchy, hierarchy might look like something like, hey, my application name, colon, the settings, colon, the connection string, right? So that's a typical hierarchy. Another application would have a, you know, application B, settings, connection string. So now that's obviously part of application B and not application A. So this way, you know, we're not having any name conflicts or anything like that. You, I'm sure you've seen in uh, in in Key Vault uh, that often happens, you know, where you can have two people can create the same name for the same secret. I mean, of course, you could use the the the, the comma or some kind of separator in Key Vault as well. So to some extent, you can achieve this in Key Vault. Uh, but there is another feature that the App Config service offers called labels. And so what you could easily do is uh, assign labels to each of your your configuration items. Let's say a label could be development. The label could be QA and the label could be production. And now you have these three sets of uh, you know configuration now that with different labels. And if I'm an app coming up, all I have to say is, hey, I want all the uh, I, I want to read all my configuration for QA because I am currently in QA or in, in the QA system. And it will then get all the QA values. Now there's no easy way to do that in Key Vault, uh, you know, as it stands today. Yes, you can stand up multiple Key Vaults, just like you can stand up multiple app config services, you know, and 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 point to it in uh, from your application running in each of the environments. But there's no uh, way to kind of group them all into one. And one of some of the advantages of grouping into one is just so that you have a collective view of all of your configuration items. It's, it's a nice thing to have uh, everything in one. Uh, does that help, uh, Kale? Yeah, yeah. The other question I had was around Keyboard itself. You mentioned like this kind of like pass through or something like it's going through there. Can you talk through like what's that look like when I set up my configuration value? Do I like label it or something and tell it like or do, at that point, do I tell it which key vault to use? Like, how do I set that up? Or is it something like I have to go out of band and create a key vault and then come back to this thing and do something like yeah, it's a good question. So, uh, you know, I think what the product team has done is they have built a, a generic interface where they can provide a pass through for certain items in app config. Okay. And they have written a few implementations of those pass throughs. Uh, I believe uh, one of them is the, the key vault uh, pass through for sensitive items. Another one, which I don't know if it's uh, released yet, but they are working on um, a file system pass through. So if let's say if you're get if, if you're going to read a configuration that's more than 10k, and like I mentioned, that's the limit today of what you can store in app config service. But you can then say I want to pass through this to get it from a blob storage, right, or something like that. So now you can get uh, maybe maybe you know it's it's a certificate file uh, file that's that's large or something like that, and you have to read it in. So so you know that's uh, so there's this generic interface that they have provided to get information from the back and. Uh, one of them happens to be the key vault uh, reference that you can provide. So it's kind of up to you when you're creating these uh, config items to make a decision at that point whether you want to use one of the uh, the referenced uh, data stores or use the the data store that's available in in uh, config service. Now, from a security perspective, everything's encrypted in uh, in config service as it is, right? Obviously, not the same level of encryption like we are familiar with with Key Vault, with you know HSN and all that, but it is encrypted at at rest. So there's a certain amount of security get even out of the box with the base uh, app config service. So the big question is, uh, do I get to pay for this? <laughs> Yeah, the, 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 that's a good question. So the 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 great answer for us developers is that there is a free tier, right? Uh, and the free tier uh, has. I think the only limitation of the free tier is that in each subscription you allow only one instance. It's great if you you know if you want to test it out or even if you just want you know if, if 
if you, if one is as I said, you know, you could use just one instance of uh, app config service for all of your keys, right? Because you can use the uh, hierarchies and labels and whatnot, uh, and kind of organize them in in the best way in in the best way you can. Uh, and uh, I think the limit is that you can only make ten thousand one thousand requests per day in the free tier, uh, whereas the standard tier, which is the next tier up, which, which costs some money, um, uh, that is thirty thousand requests. Uh, per day is the is the cap on that one, and you know, obviously you know uh, there are a few more feature uh, advantages there. You can have any number of uh, uh, app config uh, stores uh, in the standard tier, not limited to just one per subscription. You can have multiple per subscription if you want to. So if you know if you're a startup and uh, you just want to use it, use it free. There should be no reason why you shouldn't want to use a service is, is, is as an app developer. That's that's really how they are positioning the app config service. What about like um, if I start putting these are kind of important, right? Like configuration elements for my app. How does it? Do I have to like turn on HA? Like how do I know for sure that they're going to be there tomorrow? Like uh, is there is there any kind of like model for that? Like as part of this, because you know that would be important. Yeah, uh, so uh, they have the uh, so the, one of the things that they built in for free, they give it to you uh, in this in the service is uh, they have the redundancy within the local data center, uh, three data centers within a region, right? So uh, it's a, it's a regional service. That's I guess to answer your question, it's a regional service. So in it, when you when you provision it, you provision it per region, and then you have your failover within the various zones, uh, you know, uh, within the region. So that is that is out of the box. So you you get one level of of, of redundancy right there. Uh, in terms of loss of data, that is not uh, that you know that is again uh, the, the data will never get lost. It's more a question of access of the data, right? When will you not have access to the data? So one of the nice things about config service is that you know you're not supposed to be using it like a hundred times a second, right? Configuration by nature is uh, you know you start up. You know, your applications read the configuration. You set specify a cache interval for how long you want to cache those uh, configuration values, and then you use it. Right? Your application will just use it. Now, uh, what you can do in your app is you can configure how frequently you want to refresh those values. That's the nice thing that uh, the app configuration uh, service allows us to. You can do, you can change values dynamically if you want to, and when they are changed. There's a couple of ways that applications can get notified about the change. Okay, one is just by them polling regularly as per this cache interval. They can be polling for it. That's the pull method. The other one, you can set up a more advanced push method. You can configure it to connect to Event Grid and push a notification down to your application to say, hey, you know, this thing changed. The certificate has has expired or whatever. A new one has been issued. You need to recycle or you know reload. And so you could do that as well. So there is multiple ways that you can have the um, uh, the, the cache uh, refresh. And tying it back to what you were asking about earlier is it being that it's a regional service. You know, if, if if there is obviously an outage within the region, you can you can configure the app service in a secondary region. So you can take that. That's something that you'd have to do in your application if you feel it's so sensitive that you have to have access to your thing at all time, right? Your applications, uh, your configuration, uh, you can you can configure a secondary region to get your application configured. Yeah, I also saw the other thing that like, comes up a lot, especially when we're building these, where we got a bunch of services that we're connecting, is like whether that service is public or private, like what's the exposure there? And I saw like app config service actually supports where you can basically disable public access. 
So that's awesome too. It sounds like because you know that would be super important to like highly sensitive companies. Yeah. Yeah, and if all your apps are in the cloud, why do you even want it out in the open, right? I mean, everything's in the cloud. You just get to it locally uh, through the Azure backbone. Uh, another oh. nice feature. Another nice. I'm sorry, was there a question there, uh, Kale? No, no. Go ahead. So uh, one feature that I really love about uh, App Config Service is feature flags, right? I'm sure you know in your work you use a lot of feature flags to control which bits of your application are currently uh, to be activated, right? Depending on how the release is going and what new bits and features or who has opted into certain releases, uh, features. So management of feature flags is a big part of App Config uh, Service. And in fact, you can you go to the portal and there's a complete whole section for feature manager there, right? And so you define your feature flags, you can define uh, you know, um, oh, some description for them, you can give them labels uh, and things like that, right? And, and now from your application, like I take a simple .NET application, and obviously there's the appropriate namespaces and classes you will you will import to use it, but it's really a matter of just annotating a particular method to say, okay, this method is only active if this feature is active, right? If this feature flag is present. And so when you start, when your application starts up, you simply load all the feature flags in, and it you know it will immediately configure your application to block out certain APIs or even a web page, right? Uh, you can you can annotate certain parts of the web page to only be active if a certain feature flag is present. So that just by doing a little bit of you know ampersand whatever uh, mockup on the web page, it will basically block out or show certain parts of the web page. And I think that's a feature that's all, <laughs> to use a pun. That's a feature that's always been available uh, even in the .NET Core stair uh, uh, like. Uh, base library, uh, you would have to use a file, uh, like a feature file, you know, to provide that. Uh, they have just extended that now to use the app config service, and then you have that nice portal experience where you can go and manage all your feature flags uh, that are available for your applications. That's pretty cool. I didn't know about that. That's neat. Yeah. And then one more thing I want to get in, Kale, before we wrap up over here is, uh, you know, a big thing is if you if you are moving from, uh, let's say, some other uh, configuration system into App Config Service, you might have the need to import all of your configuration in. And there is a you know import feature available both in the portal, in the Azure CLI, and also there's some GitHub action uh, actions that are available to help you import, you know, automatically import configuration uh, into App Config Service as part of your rollout to this uh, to this uh, new service. Uh, and try and see, did I forget something? Yeah, the authentication, like I said, you know, use connection strings, but they recommend you use uh, manage identity is the most preferred way as it is with most things uh, to access the app config service. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you mentioned it because also I wasn't like super aware of the service either. Is this is this something that's like in GA form right now? Is this preview? Like what's the state of this right now? As far as I'm aware, this is uh, this is GA. It has been GA for, for a while. You know, uh, they are I feel, constantly bad. I feel bad if we didn't talk about it, you know. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I only found out by mistake, uh, not by mistake, but somebody uh, uh, was working with a customer and they told me about it. Like, oh, we use the app config service. So like, what, what app config service is this? <laughs> I felt a bit foolish, actually, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, so so that's the app config service for you. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing all this, Ajit. I'm sure this is. Uh, Again, I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't know about you know, so it's great for us to talk about it so that it gets more exposure. So thanks again for detailing this. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any thoughts, questions, or just want to connect, find us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. 
Background music has been taken from ccmixer.org under the Creative Commons license. We hope you'll tune in again soon to keep learning with us.